Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Studios. This is AM 1280, The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. President Donald Trump is predicting that former FBI Director James Comey's leaks will be far more prevalent than anyone ever thought possible. Jay Sekulow, the Trump attorney, says former FBI Director Comey had his memo leaked in order to get a special counsel appointed. James Comey made this statement, which I find also uh, troubling. He said he issued the release or the disclosure or what I would say leak of the information through his friend, not even directly, through his friend, in order to draw a special counsel. And the next day, he got one. Seculow appeared on ABC's This Week. Police say the London Bridge attackers wore fake suicide belts to create maximum fear as they carried out their rampage. The Metropolitan Police releasing photographs of the blood-splattered belts. This is SRN News. Dennis Prager believes the Democrats are victorious in the Comey testimony. The Democrats have won a fantastic victory by continuing this Russian collusion story, which has absolutely still has no basis, you understand? Nothing. All the leaks, all the investigation, nothing. Great victory for the left here. Now they have made a crisis out of nothing. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 11 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Thank you for listening to AM 1280, The Patriot. I'm Josh Wolf from the Benjamin Franklin Plumbing Weather Center. After a storm start to the day, expect some passing showers with a high near 83. Tomorrow, rain later in the day, highs in the 80s. You can chase biggest goals by taking small steps. Learn how to trade in the stock market. Get details on the next Tradeway event called Step 1, Start Your Journey. Come to the Twin Cities June 23rd and 24th. Call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or visit Tradeway.com to register today. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson, closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. You can also text your comments or questions, and that number is 651-243-0390 or weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN, hashtag N-A-R-N. For any comments or questions regarding today's show content, and as always, we appreciate you tuning into the broadcast today and hope everybody is safe after some of the uh, some of the violent storms that took place this morning. My wife and I were on our way to church, and it was, like, it was almost like it, the green sky was engulfing us. We were driving about... 
don't tell anyone, we were driving about 80 miles an hour uh, <laughs> down Highway 10 to get to church. And it, it, we figure if we could drive fast enough, we could outrun the storm. And I'll tell you, we were walking in the door just as the hail started to come down. So it worked. It worked. We actually drove fast enough to get there on time. And you know how I know the storm was really serious before I even left the house? I didn't look outside. I didn't hear any. I didn't look up in the sky or anything like that. But you know how I know the storm was really bad? I turned on the TV, and the local weather guy, he had his the top button of his shirt unbuttoned, his tie loosened, and his sleeves rolled up while not wearing his suit jacket. That's when you know the storms are serious. When they get kind of in that more casual mode, they give this appearance like, oh, my God, I didn't have time to put on my suit jacket, so I better, better undo my tie here because this is a highly stressful situation. That's how you know when the storms are serious. Forget the weather channel. Forget the radar. That's uh, that is the definitive uh, stance that they take to uh, to let you know. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is uh, it is an honor as always to be joined uh, by uh, political candidates, and we have an opportunity to uh, talk to a congressional candidate. Now, I know the next election is not until November eighteen, November twenty eighteen, but let's be honest: the election cycles really never stop. And uh, you always want to stay in campaign mode. And I had the honor of meeting this next gentleman at our fantastic 100 Days event that we had a few weeks ago. Uh, Representative Colin Peterson, who has been representing Minnesota's uh, Congressional District 7, oh, for about almost 28 years now. He was reelected this past November by one of the slimmest margins he's faced in probably, I'd say, 20 years and the gentleman who opposed him was Dave Hughes. Dave came within five points of overtaking Representative Peterson. And uh, he is going to be taking another run at Colin Peterson in this next election cycle. So we want to welcome to the broadcast uh, Dave Hughes, who is seeking to become the Republican candidate in 2018 to once again oppose uh, Colin Peterson. First of all, Dave Hughes, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network, sir. How are you? Good. Thank you, Brad. I'm happy to be here. Uh, glad to have you on the broadcast, sir. Now, I know uh, Congressional District 7, uh, for those of our listeners who may not be familiar, uh, as familiar with the district lines, uh, kind of give us a little insight, Dave Hughes, as to uh, the uh, portion of the state which uh, District 7 covers. Well, basically, if you draw a line from uh, the center, of, the north center of Minnesota, from Canada all the way to Iowa, take the whole western half of the state except for one sliver of uh, counties at the southern border, that's it. And so 87 counties. In Minnesota, we have 38 of them. I was going to say, so you probably logged a lot of miles during the uh, 2016 campaign, Dave Hughes. That's probably a safe assumption, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're uh, glad you're definitely taking another run at it. Uh, like I said, Dave, uh, you uh, uh, came within five points of defeating uh, Representative Peterson, which uh, he normally wins pretty handily by double digits, sometimes garners upper 50s. 60% of the vote. He came in just over 50, about 52% this time around. So uh, glad you're taking another run at it. Before we get to kind of the campaign that you have upcoming, Dave Hughes, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, family life, work life, and uh, what was the catalyst for you uh, running for Congress, Dave Hughes? Sure. Um, I served 22 years uh, in, on active duty in the U.S. Air Force as an officer, pilot, and combat veteran. I'm married to a uh, Minnesotan, uh, Miss Amanda, and we have seven children. Um, I am currently employed as an instructor pilot for General Atomic, contracted to support U.S. Customs and Border Protection. So I teach their air crews how to fly the MQ-9 drone, and I also fly operational law enforcement missions guarding both the northern and southern borders. Fantastic. So, yeah, you decided to take a run, like I say, this this past election cycle. Had you ever been involved 
in politics or making a run, say, at a local state office before, uh, Dave, before you made this run for Congress? No, you know, I uh, served uh, almost 22 years on active duty and retired in late 2014. And by the summer of 15, I knew that eventually I wanted to run for Congress. Uh, okay. Just had this, you know, vague but persistent idea for 25 years. And uh, But the summer of 15, I uh, just decided, hey, it's time to go. Colin Peterson has been in there long enough. And uh, so I uh, uh, made a decision and uh, had never been involved before, never run before. So I am an aspiring politician, but I've never served, and I'm uh, sure. definitely not one of those career politicians. That is for certain. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about the dynamics of the district. Obviously, this is a, a largely conservative district. If you look at kind of the voter index, uh, voter demographics would indicate it's a solid Republican district, maybe R plus 7, and then President Trump won this by district by a whopping 30 points. But yet, for some reason, Colin Peterson, since the 1990 election continues to be sent back to Washington, D.C. to represent the 7th District. Can you got to give us some insight on the demographics, Dave, as to, I mean, is it, incumbency obviously is a, is a tremendous factor to be sure, but uh, how is it that uh, he continues to be, uh, to be sent back to Washington? Well, there's a variety of factors there. Uh, one is that his voting record on two issues, uh, the life issue and the Second Amendment issue, helps him out. Sure. Uh, but I, I think I think much more so than most people suppose, and much more so than people talk about. There's a lot of cynicism there, frankly, because uh, you know the Democratic Party. Uh, you've got plenty of rank and file people in the Democratic Party who identify themselves as Democrats who are probably pro-life. Sure. But the leadership of the Democratic Party for 30 plus years has been militantly and joyfully pro-abortion, mm-hmm. and so. Colin Peterson, he votes correctly on that issue. But my question is, if he really was pro-life, why would he stay with that party? So right. I, I think his, his position as a blue dog of being pro-life and pro-Second Amendment, I think there's some strategy there that may or may not be very sincere. So you personally, Dave, now you're obviously ramping up, uh, running in again in uh, 2018. Uh, how soon after this past November did you make a decision to uh, make another run at this, Dave Hughes? Well, people all last year, all last election cycle, had asked me, hey, if you're, if you're not successful this time, uh, will you run again? And, and they were urging me to. And so I had been saying all along, yes, I plan to. Uh, I knew it was going to be a tough battle against Colin, so I had been saying all along that I would run again. And, and I had made that decision before November 8th. Okay, well, fair enough. Well, uh, I guess what is, um, you know, you talked about some of the issues uh, of which Colin Peterson is, uh, you know, the, the life issues, Second Amendment, some issues which I know are, Obviously, near and dear to your heart, Dave Hughes. Well, having seven kids would certainly uh, <laughs> kind of emphasize that point. But what are some of your, I guess, pet issues, the catalyst that would uh, that kind of got you into politics and make you passionate about uh, uh, serving the seventh congressional district in Washington D.C.? Well, the main reason I'm running is because uh, I, I think the nation is racing toward disaster and has been uh, kind of accelerating. You know, uh, ever since FDR, the federal government has been growing bigger and bigger. Uh, and more intrusive in our lives. And, and, you know, when we look at our $20 trillion uh, national debt, our half a trillion dollar a year annual deficit, that everybody kind of shrugs at. And uh, 100 to $200 trillion in unfunded liabilities uh, looming on the near-term horizon when it comes to Social Security, Medicare, and other things. Uh, What what alarms me is that uh, all of the incumbents in Washington, with very few exceptions, and unfortunately it's of both parties, uh, there's no urgency there. You know, they keep kicking the can down the road. You know, it's I've tried to engage Colin in debates. I'll mention our national debt and our deficits and, and uh, the threat to the American dream. And he just shrugs and chuckles and, and starts talking about crop insurance and uh, rural broadband. Uh, he takes no, and he even he even talks about it in kind of a detached fashion. It's that he hasn't been there for a quarter century. And the fact that the debt 
quadruple or quintuple during his time there that he has no role in that. And so I see myself as wanting to go to Washington and band together with the very few number of people there that are properly urgent, and a lot of those are the members of the House Freedom Caucus. And so that's what I'm hoping to do. So, no, David, like I say, we alluded to that uh, us who are engaged in the political system, the uh, political news, what have you, on a regular basis, like I I know you are, and obviously I, I myself am, uh, we understand what it takes to uh, to run a successful campaign, particularly if you're trying to unseat a now a 14 term incumbent. Uh, but as you're out there and making it happen and given the, how the 2016 cycle was one in which we haven't seen in a long, long time, uh, do you get a sense that the constituents with whom you're engaging right now are a kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, maybe weary a little bit of the uh, of the political system because you realize the importance of it, but maybe the c- citizens aren't yet engaged in 2018, still trying to get over 2016. Do you kind of sense a little bit of that fatigue out there as you're going out and about? I, I don't sense that among the constituency. Uh, you know, they uh, okay. th- there was a little bit of that in the party leadership, namely, you know, gosh, he's been there, Colin's been there so long that it's just impossible. We're just going to have to wait for him to retire. And so among the party leadership, I sensed a little bit of that last year. Sure. But among the voters, among the voters and the citizenry, uh, I, I experienced nothing but uh, enthusiasm. And when I announced uh, so early after the uh, November election that I'm running again right now for 2018, I got nothing but uh, enthusiasm. You know, nothing about oh wow, way too early. None of that. <laughs> no, that's good news. That's good news, and I'm glad I'm glad you uh, conveyed that because, like I say, I, it does. You know, and you were there in the in the heat of battle of, of 2016, so you certainly know it was a it was an election cycle unlike. Uh, we had ever seen. I, I want to bounce off that a little bit. I did allude to it at the outset that President Trump did win CD7 uh, by about 30 points. As you were going out there and talking to the folks, uh, was that something that you sensed right away, or was it more of the fact that people didn't want to necessarily come out and saying they were supporting President Trump? Because let's be honest, what, what, regardless of what you think of then-candidate Trump or not, he was a very polarizing figure. Uh, was he very enthusiastically embraced among the constituency? I mean, I mean, a 30-point win would certainly indicate that, but you never know. Some uh, like to play it a little more close to the vest. No, I, I agree. I, I, I saw nothing but enthusiasm. Uh, every Republican I met, every person I shook hands with, every citizen out there was very enthusiastic about Trump. I think maybe you know, folks up in the professional levels of, of party politics, uh, they were the ones that wanted to be a little more cautious. Sure. Uh, but I thought the citizens of Western Minnesota were with him the whole time. Dave, we have to uh, take a quick break here. Are you able to uh, stay on hold for one more segment with us? Absolutely. Okay, we are uh, honored to be joined by Dave Hughes. He is vying for the Republican nomination to oppose Colin Peterson in Congressional District 7, coming up in 2018. And if you'd like to uh, give us a call, ask Dave a couple of questions, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NARN, hashtag N-A-R-N. Brad Carlson, The Closer, right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Amazing to realize, but you know, it's been almost two years I've been talking with you about Relief Factor, and I can tell you I've been continually inundated with testimonials. This is Michael Medved, and I've received thousands of testimonials that come in telling me how excited people are to be out of pain, like... 
Bob from Ohio, who writes, I had a herniated disc in my back in 1984. I started taking Relief Factor, and for the first time, I have been completely out of constant, sometimes excruciating pain. I'm now able to work in the yard, around the house, and do my job in comfort. This is a great product. That's the end of the quote. If you're struggling with ongoing back or neck pain, shoulder, hip, or knee pain, or general muscle pain, aches, pains of any kind, do what tens of thousands of others have done so successfully. Go to relieffactor.com and order their three-week quick start for just $19.95. 1-800-500-8384. That's 1-800-500-8384. With very few investors still wanting outdated products like mutual funds or variable annuities, What are people turning to? They're turning to America's Investor Advocacy Show, Financial Fortitude. Hi, I'm Dale Creed Francis. And I'm Ryan Litvin, and we have shared unbiased information for years right here on The Patriot. It's information people need to know, like the latest innovations, including protection vehicles, growth vehicles, income vehicles, and hybrid strategies. Make your reservation for our listener appreciation dinner coming up in just a few days. Go to financialfort.com or call 612 999-1185. The Financial Fortitude Radio Network is committed to serving its community by providing a better set of investment and retirement tools. It's impossible to know what you don't know. The dinner and drinks are on us. We guarantee you'll be amazed at what you learn. It won't change our life if you don't come, but I promise you it can change yours. 612-999-1185 or financialfort.com. I'm Teresa Morrow, the Vice President of External Relations with Minneapolis Foundation. You know, WNAV has done a lot of pretty significant sized events for us, and they do everything from sound and lights to the audio to videotaping to making sure that all the performers look and sound right. As an event person, you really sweat the details, and when I work with WNAV, I don't worry about that stuff. They always come through for me, whether it's an event for 1,500 people or it's an intimate event and all I need is a microphone and a sound system. They can do that full range for me. Probably the greatest thing about WNAV, not only are they early, they're usually there before I am. They scout it ahead of time. They're prepared for what your event is. And I know I can count on WNAV 100% of the time. And I do. Hi, I'm Mark, president of WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Online at WNAV-video.com. Hey, welcome back. AM 12 the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition or another segment on this edition of the program. I'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson, closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can catch my friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It's the King Banyan Show every Saturday from 9 to 11 a.m. And you can also catch my friend and colleague, Mitch Berg, on these very airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriot. He's on Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. I am the closer on every Sunday from 2 to 3 p.m. Glad to be joined by you, and we're here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NAR and hashtag N-A-R-N for any comments or questions. Regarding today's show content, again, we want to continue our chat with Dave Hughes. He is seeking to be the Republican nominee in Minnesota Congressional District Number 7, uh, trying to unseat 
longtime representative Colin Peterson. There's been rumors for the past couple election cycles that Colin Peterson is getting ready to retire. And while that would definitely be an advantage for the Republicans, quite obviously, we'd rather Colin Peterson move on via the ballot box as opposed to retirement. And I'm sure our next guest, Dave Hughes, uh, would certainly uh, concur. Uh, Dave, one of the big issues that has been cropping up uh, in Congress, uh, particularly in the House over the past couple of months, is the attempt to reform uh, the health care system. Obviously, Obamacare has been an unmitigated disaster. We've heard news recently how Anthem is pulling out of the, uh, I believe, the state of uh, Ohio, leaving uh, very little options for folks who were relying on coverage via government-run health care. The American Health Care Act, which was passed out of the House, and there's going to be a very different version being brought forth by the Senate, uh, was not very well received. I guess I want to ask you, Dave, first of all, what was your perspective on the House passed American Health Care Act? And then what are some of the ideas and and, uh, and thought processes you, you would bring to the U.S. House in 2018 where you elected Dave Hughes? Well, the first version of it that they uh, put out there in March, I read the whole 123-page bill and thought it was horrible. Okay. And agreed with all of the, all of the criticism that the uh, conservatives in the Republican Party had for it, and particularly the House Freedom Caucus. They came out fully against it. I was fully against it because it wasn't a repeal. It was, if you read the bill, it was strange. It was a bunch of loyally talked about strike this line and substitute this for that. So I thought it was bad. Sure. Uh, the one that passed out of the House recently, uh, I, I haven't had a chance to study it as much, but I'll accept that it's maybe mildly better than that first version. Uh, but I'm still not pleased. And, and, and I understand the politics of some of the members of Congress that think they have to show progress. So, um, I'm, I'm mildly okay with that, but overall I'm against what they've done because they promised the voters that they would fully repeal it and replace it with free market reforms, and they haven't done that. So I'm pretty displeased with what the Republicans have done so far. All right. Now, what do you, how do you subscribe? Do you subscribe to the arguments that, uh, you know, and Speaker Ryan has been very vocal about this. It's like there's only so much that can be done uh, via the reconciliation process because if you're wanting, going to pass whole new legislation, obviously in the, on the Senate side that's going to require uh, 60 votes, and there's no way that eight Democrats are going to flip to reform any kind of health care because obviously we know that their goal, secretly, whether they want to admit it or not, is single payer. So uh, how do you get past that uh, particular aspect of it? Because I understand when you're in the minority, the symbolism of passing a repeal and replacement measure that you knew darn well then President Obama wasn't going to sign you know, it, it was purely symbolic, but it was something that you can put in a, in a political ad. But now that uh, the rubber's meeting the road, uh, how do you how do you propose to go forward when you know that there aren't going to be there isn't going to be any Democrat cooperation at this point? Well, I don't have the answer in the U.S. Senate as to all of the mechanisms and how they could get it passed. But I would suggest to you that all this uh, "woe is me" stuff about how they can't get it passed in the Senate mm-hmm. um, may not be as legitimate as, as we uh, hear. Um, you know, we could certainly get rid of, you know, there's, also, there's some conservatives out there who say that we need to get rid of this whole uh, filibuster thing, period, for all legislation, because there are a few times where the, the, the Constitution requires uh, a supermajority, but it's not basic legislation. That's not, that's not a requirement constitutionally. So you could do the nuclear option on everything, including health care re- uh, reform. Mm, yeah, uh, and, there's all, and I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff that Mitch McConnell could do. I just don't know how serious he is about doing it. So I, I don't buy this idea that they can't do it. 
Yeah, exactly. I I, I got to be honest with you. I I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of getting rid of the uh, of the filibuster for for legislative action uh, simply because well you know we we saw what happened when Republicans were completely out of power uh, during the Obama administration when they uh, actually had sixty votes in the Senate for a while and were able to get Obamacare in the form it is now. But you know that's certainly a, a debate for another day. Uh, what so as we were going through 2016, what was your specific uh, health care. Was it indeed their repeal and replace, knowing that probably of all of the Republicans running for Congress, you probably had literally scores of different versions about how to achieve that? I mean, I, I guess what was your uh, plan going into 2016? And is that something, have the goalposts kind of been changed in light of what's been going on in Congress right now, Dave Hughes? Well, I mean, my, my goal remains the same, which is a, a clean repeal of Obamacare. Sure. Um, Supreme Court rulings notwithstanding, I think the whole concept of it was unconstitutional. So get rid of the whole thing. The key is, is that whatever we do going forward has to remove the federal government from the center of the universe of both health care and health care insurance. Sure. And this recent, this recent effort by the House I don't think does that sufficiently. So I want to remove the federal government from the center of the universe and implement truly free market reforms, which means, you know, the three or four or five things that President Trump and others have mentioned, you know, uh, national marketplace, tort reform, uh, portability, uh, full tax deductibility for individuals who buy insurance and so forth. If you could actually do those things, then you could probably write the bill in 10 or 20 pages instead of a 2,700-page monstrosity that Ob- sure. Obamacare was. I think you could get it done, and that's my goal. Uh, we'll switch gears a little bit here, Dave. Obviously, one big concern uh, that Americans face every day, and we're seeing it going on worldwide, and obviously there's been some activity on our home soil, of course, is the continual war on terror ever since the terror attacks on our soil September 11th, 2001. It has required eternal vigilance, and unfortunately, uh, once again, you have, depending upon who's in power in Washington, there's different ways to, to go about it. And, you know, my own personal opinion, not projecting anything on Dave Hughes here, but my own personal opinion is that we're too sometimes too wary of political correctness in order to effectively fight this particular war, particularly uh, the, against the jihadists, whether it be al-Qaeda or ISIS, whomever is wreaking havoc. Uh, what are some of the uh, ideas that you would bring to the table on how to how to fight this? I know President Trump uh, talked very tough about the war on terror, and uh, there has been have been some strides made. But obviously, uh, in any situation where he's tried to implement, like in his own words, a travel ban that's been blocked by the courts. Uh, but then we see that a travel ban may not have helped some of these uh, uh, homegrown terrorists that are citizens of our country and therefore are radicalized through different methodologies, whether it by, be by technology, what have you. So what are some of the ideas you're bringing to the table on this uh, uh, war, seemingly never-ending uh, war on terror, Dave Hughes? Well, first of all, I deployed to the Middle East six times. I've read the Quran cover to cover. I studied a little bit of a, a national security studies with an emphasis in Middle East studies. So I think more so than most members of Congress and certainly more so than most candidates for Congress, I know more about this problem than many. Sure. And so uh, my perspective is uh, I support the travel ban. Uh, the list of countries that uh, President Trump was going with, that list was created by the Obama administration. So this idea that he just pulled it out of thin air with no uh, justification uh, is absurd. So I, I support the travel ban, and I think that the lower courts have been horrible because they haven't cited the statute or constitutionality or anything. So I'm hopeful that the Supreme Court will overturn it. Second of all, um, if you've ever seen the uh, hearings that Senator Ted Cruz did with uh, former DHS Secretary Jay Johnson, where he asked him about uh, what the DHS and the other intel community folks were doing with regard to connecting the dots during the Obama administration, 
it seems clear to me that there was a, a concerted and, and uh, purposeful effort to uh, disconnect the dot. You know, the, all the stuff about the FBI and others scrubbing language from their training programs about, you know, the, the words Islamist or, or Islamic extreme terrorism and things like that. Sure. If you're, expung- if you're expunging from all of your documents and your training and your doctrine uh, the way to identify the threat, then it makes it difficult to accomplish the mission. And so if I was a member of Congress on an intel committee or an armed services committee or something like that, um, I would pay a lot of attention to uh, digging into that and, and really figuring out uh, why we've fallen short in those areas. Once again, we are joined by Dave Hughes. He's seeking to be the Republican nominee in Minnesota Congressional District 7 to oppose. At least we assume Colin Peterson is going to run again in 2018, but whomever the DFL candidate will be in 2018, Dave Hughes is hoping to be a Republican candidate in Minnesota Congressional District 7. Uh, Dave, we only have about a minute or so remaining. Uh, Why don't you share with us some uh, ways our listeners can get in touch with you uh, online, whether it be your website, social media, what have you, because I am assuming uh, this... You, you're not delusional. You know it's a monumental task to take on a, a popular long-term incumbent like Colin Peterson. You need resources, whether it be financial or, or uh, human resources. So why don't you share with us some of the ways the folks can get in touch with you? Sure. My website is hughesforcongress.us, H-U-G-H-E-S, for congress.us. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Just search uh, Hughes Congress. I'm also on Facebook, Dave Hughes for Congress. My cell phone number is 218 218- Four five two three two one four, and I would urge you to give to me directly as opposed to the parties because parties may not have the same priorities as you. Uh, I am running for office because I am a lifelong constitutional conservative Republican. I believe the federal government is much larger than it should be, much more intrusive, and we need to scale it way back so that the individual citizens can enjoy the individual liberty they deserve. And and that's what I'm about. And I think I've got the right vision more so than certainly more so than Colin Peterson, and more so than any of the other. Uh, folks challenging me right now for the party endorsement. Once again, we are joined uh, Dave Hughes, who is running, who is vying to be the Republican nominee in Minnesota Congressional District 7. I have also linked to Dave's website at my at my blog, bradcarlson.org. And again, Hughes, the conventional spending, uh, spelling H-U-G-H-E-S, Hughes for Congress. Uh, dot us uh, Dave, on a personal level, I can say uh, best of luck to you. Uh, you ran a very competitive race, obviously, this past November, getting within five points, so I know that you've got a little momentum at your back. So we want to support you in any way we can here at the Northern Alliance Radio Network. So between now and November, uh, we plan on having you on again multiple times. If you'd like to come back, uh, we'd love to uh, tout your candidacy as much as possible. Thanks, Brad. I would like to do that, including uh, being in studio with you, so I look forward to that. We'll make it happen. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the time. Take care. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back in mere moments with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Looking to buy or sell a vehicle? Make sure you check out Minnesota's very own CarSoup.com. CarSoup features vehicles from hundreds of Minnesota auto dealers, and we bring you thousands of exclusive money-saving specials every single day. Buying or selling, new or used, CarSoup is geared to make sure that wherever you are in our great state, whenever you're in the market for a vehicle, you'll never miss a great deal. Check out the local site with everything you need to buy, research, and sell. CarSoup.com. Even the best students will struggle at some point in school. For many children, it is the subject of math that is most often the issue. There's a solution to the problem. It's Mathnasium, a math-only learning center designed to get your kids back on track. 
Does it work? Listen to what Megan, a Mathnasium student, has to say. When I first came in, I was not sure I wanted to be here. I knew I wanted to raise my grade, and I knew that would take work, but I wasn't sure how much I was going to like it. I learned that I was making math too hard for myself, and that it's much simpler, and that's what the teachers here help you learn. With Mathnasium, your child no longer needs to struggle. Instead, they have the opportunity to turn a weak subject into their strongest. Now my math grades are really good, actually, and I'm actually getting an A right now. Give them a call to find out how they can improve your child's math skills and school performance. Visit us online at mathnasium.com or call us at 877-601-MATH. Help your child to succeed with help from Mathnasium, where they make math make sense to kids. There is no better steward of your money than you. Helping you create wealth and income is our number one goal. Online Trading Academy teaches you trading and investing skills so you can protect and grow your investments to retire on your terms and never outlive your retirement savings. We teach you one-on-one how to grow your investments, even in a market that's at an all-time high. If your retirement is in a 401k or 403b, you can still learn the tools to improve their performance. Many students maintain their full-time jobs but still love learning to be more consistent while making great second income from this market. We have been teaching successful trading techniques for 20 years. Once you get the education, you can trade on your own with confidence. Text OTA to 313131 and register for a free trading and investing workshop or go to learnwithota.com. Online Trading Academy Radio. You work hard for your money, so make sure your money is working hard for you. Our sister station, Business 1440, brings you financial advice from pros like Dave Ramsey, Bill Gunderson, and the Twin Cities' own financial fortitude and investing for success. With up-to-the-minute market updates, real estate tactics, and tips on investing and saving, Business 1440 will keep more of that hard-earned cash in your pocket. Learn more and listen live at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson, closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. Again, check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also text your comments or questions at 651-243-0390 or weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN, hashtag N-A-R-N for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. Hey, thanks as always for tuning in because, well, let's face it, we're not for you, the listeners. We just wouldn't have a Northern Alliance Radio Network that has been uh, running strong for more than 13 years now. And uh, we can't thank you enough for, uh, for always tuning in. I uh, did want to get some to some news from this past week. Obviously, the big news story was former FBI Director James Comey testifying before the Senate Intelligence Commu- uh, Committee uh, regarding the Russians meddling in the 2016 election cycle. And my whole thing was that there really wasn't going to be anything. I didn't think there'd be much gleaned from this because by certain people simply because most folks were going to view this through their own political prism. I mean, the, the valiant anti-Trump faction, uh, 
was going to cherry pick this testimony and say, oh, boy, that looked awful for Trump. Boy, he's he's, he's dead man walking. Impeachment is just a matter of time. And then, of course, you get those who who are uh, loyal to Trump and where Trump could uh, walk out and give a press conference and uh, basically throw human feces at, uh, you know, at the uh, members of the press uh, and his audience would, would, would justify it and, or his loyal, uh, his loyalists would, would be okay with it. I mean, he can do no wrong in their minds. And uh, my thing is, this is an area where, you know, because I have been far more critical of Trump, you know, as a candidate and, yeah, as a president, now that he's president, I've accepted the fact that he's president, even though I was far more critical of him as a candidate than I ever was praiseworthy. And, you know, as you, many of you know, I was not a fan of the Trump candidacy. Now that he's president, I, I try, I can be, in, I feel like I can be intellectually honest. I felt like I could be intellectually honest with any president, whether it was a Democrat who I opposed or a Republican whom I supported. You know, I was obviously, there wasn't much I agree with on, on President Obama, so I could you probably argue is looking through my own political prism through that, but you know, given that he's a uh, far left uh, Democrat and I'm a uh, conservative Republican, there's obviously going to be many things I disagreed with. But point being is that it it pretty much validated this, this testimony pretty much validated everybody's assumptions. But I did want to highlight some of the areas that uh, I found interesting. And again, I, I, I kind of, uh, came up with the uh, with a few bullet points here, so as not to go all over the place, because there's so many uh, so many uh, nuances to this particular testimony where former FBI Director Comey uh, gave his testimony. And of course, the one thing people were going to want to hear about this is you know, uh, a memo that was leaked to the New York Times shortly after Director Comey was fired by FBI Director. Uh, FBI Director Comey was fired, I believe, on May 9th, and then a few days later, uh, Donald Trump had um, put out a tweet saying that James Comey better hope that there are no quote-unquote tapes of our conversation before he starts leaking to the press. And shortly thereafter, there was a memo, one of James Comey's memo, leaked to the press, okay, and it turned out, as as was revealed by James Comey in his testimony, it was leaked to the press by a friend of his. He wanted to leak the memo to get the ball rolling on a uh, on a special counsel to investigate to further investigate uh, the matter into Russia meddling in in our election. And uh, this memo detailed a conversation that Comey had with President Trump where President Trump approached him and saying, you know, I really hope that you can uh, um, hope you can let the matter of uh, investigating Mike Flynn. I hope you can let that matter go. He's a good guy. I hate to see him permanently damaged by this. When that was leaked to the New York Times, the first thing people say is, oh, my God, did President Trump just ask a sitting FBI director to back off an active investigation? That uh, that smacks of obstruction of justice, doesn't it? Well, okay. You know, there I I am hesitant to wade into legal waters because that's not my profession, and I rely on those who are actually legal scholars and those who are in the legal profession. But this idea that Trump 
you know, and Comey took this as a directive, by the way. He says, yeah, I took this as a directive. This is the president of the United States for crying out loud. And if he says, I, you know, if he says to me, I hope you can see your way to letting this investigation into Michael Flynn go. He's a good guy. Um, yeah, that might uh, smack of, of an obstruction charge. But the investigation continued. And Senator Tom Cotton, I thought, was terrific. His line of questioning along those lines was asking specifically about the Flynn investigation. And he didn't want to know so much about the substance of the investigation because, obviously, Director Comey, former Director Comey, could only say much about it in an open setting. But what he was doing there is confirming that the investigation into Flynn is still ongoing. So what does that tell you? That tells you that Comey, despite given a directive by the president, the investigation continued. And Comey did not figure that his job was tied to this. You know, some people may say, ah, okay, so the president asked Comey to back off the uh, investigation into Flynn. Shortly thereafter, uh, Comey is fired because the investigation was not stopped. Oh, I see how it works here, but that that's clearly not how it happened. And there, you can argue whether Comey should have been fired or shouldn't have been fired. Now, personally, I thought he should have been fired uh, right last summer. Okay, obviously the Obama administration wasn't going to do that. So because the Obama administration was not going to fire James Comey, on January 20th, 2017, when Donald Trump was inaugurated as president of the United States, he should have fired James Comey that day. Because when Comey came out in the first or second week of July detailing the findings in the Hillary email investigation, there was obviously some uh, violations there. Director Comey basically said as much. And he basically said during that press conference, well, uh, yeah, if a pri- say someone else committed these indiscretions, that's not to say they would be scot-free of, of prosecution. I'm, I'm obviously paraphrasing here. But we're not going to prosecute here. Well, first of all, that's not the FBI director's, that's not under his purview to say whether they're going to pursue criminal charges. They're in charge of actually investigating wrongdoing. Okay, they don't ultimately decide whether charges are going to be brought or not. Okay, so he kind of usurped his his uh, usurped his power there. Okay, so Comey, based on that, should have been fired when Trump took office. How Trump handled the firing? Yeah, inexcusable. It was bumbling. It was clumsy. He couldn't even. There wasn't even a unified message amongst his staff on the reasons for it. Well, you could argue that the reasons for it were, as Trump outlined in his memo when he fired Comey, saying, you know, I want to thank you for your service, even though you said three different times, you've told me three different times that I'm not under active investigation, da-da-da, you know, he was he was sure to put that in there. And people were like, oh, President Trump, is a, it's a thou protesteth too much, putting that part in his memo firing Comey where he said, well, even though you've told me three separate occasions I wasn't under investigation, yada, yada, yada. Well, Comey confirmed that this past week in his testimony before the Senate Intelligence Committee. Yeah, President Trump was not under active investigation. Well, then, and I'm asking a serious question here because, again, I'm the furthest thing from a legal mind. Couldn't President Trump have said that as much? Couldn't he have said, you know what? My administration was being undermined between my relationship with foreign nationalists, with uh, with, with uh, our foreign allies, you know, foreign relations, 
You know, my administration was being undermined because there was the assumption that I was under investigation. It was leaked that the Trump campaign was being under investigation for colluding with Russia in their role in trying to hack the 2016 election. Okay, so people automatically assume that extended to Trump. And James Comey, once again, there was a New York Times story that came out that said several of Trump's campaign aides were being investigated for regular contact with, uh, let me me make sure I got that right. Yeah, Trump campaign aides had repeated contact with Russian intelligence. This was a New York Times story. Comey said blatantly false, unequivocally false. Okay, but yet stories like this were continuing to be leaked. And by extension, they were saying, well, Trump was under investigation. No, he wasn't. Comey told him this three different times. But funny how that little tidbit was never leaked to the press. Or if it was, they didn't bother to report it. Okay, they were going to report the anti-Trump narratives, but they were going to never, never report something that looked to have uh, vindicate Trump in this particular instance. Okay, so I don't understand. And again, it gets back to my point when Trump fired Comey. You know, it's very likely he did so because, look, my administration is being undermined both in our relationship with with, with our foreign allies as well as uh, foreign policy, foreign policy discussions, as well as my domestic agenda. Because if people think I'm under active investigation, that's going to hurt the domestic agenda because they're not going to want to very well negotiate with a president that's under active investigation. And so... It could be it's very plausible that Trump decided to fire Comey because he never came out publicly and said, yeah, President Trump is not the one under investigation. But when he was fired, Trump's excuse was, well, you know, it was the uh, uh, the the poor handling of the of the Hillary email uh, saga, which is which absolutely made no sense, because you could argue when uh, Director Comey reopened the investigation into Hillary's emails a mere week and a half before the election day that that hurt Hillary's chances. To say that it act, that it absolutely positively cost her the election, I don't know that you could say that unequivocally, but it had an impact. Whether you want to agree with that or not, it had an impact. How big, how small, that's open for debate, but it definitely was a factor. So Trump was vindicated in some aspects of it, and of course Trump is going to be very self-serving out on, on Twitter. He says, up. Oh, yeah, yep, Comey hearings, fully vindicated, fully vindicated. Well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. We'll get back to that in a little bit. And by the way, uh, before we go to break here, uh, Trump tweeted uh, tweeted something out the morning of June 7th, and then the hearings were held June 8th. And he didn't tweet again until early morning of June 9th. So for, it was almost 48 hours that Trump didn't tweet. And somebody tracked this. That was the fifth longest drought of his presidency, 48 hours between going between tweets. I don't know if it was presidency or the entire time he's been running as president combined with the time he's been president, but uh, I thought that was a little amusing. So uh, for Trump to say he was fully vindicated, uh, I don't know quite that he can quite go that far yet. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, we'll be back to wrap that discussion up in mere moments right here in AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, if you have a question or comment, 651-289-4488. Or weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NARN, hashtag N-A-R-N. Back in mere moments on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. 
The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too. Even threaten your home or business. And it's about to get worse. The IRS just hired an army of new tax enforcers. So, if you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. Optima has access to a special IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands, even tens of thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand level. Stop aggressive collection actions and stop that army of new enforcers from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a half billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. Call now for your free consultation. Call 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. My dad says I'm his pride and joy. My mommy says I was her big surprise. My mom says I'm her best helper. I'm adopted. My dad says I was a gift. That's right, kids. Each of you are a miracle and a blessing from God. Hello, my name is Angie. I work with Pro-Life Across America. The Billboard People. If you know someone who is pregnant and in need of confidential counseling, including alternatives to abortion or post-abortion assistance, please call Pro-Life Across America at one 800 3667773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Prolife Across America is educational, non-political, and tax deductible. Please help support our life-saving outreach. A baby child is being 18 days from conception. Pro-life Across America, the People say there are billions of dollars lost in a market crash. The truth is, they're not lost, they just exchange hands. And the good news is, by gaining the right kind of knowledge, you can learn to recognize the opportunities that exist and, more importantly, act on them. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder of Tradeway. Along with being an investment advisor, Tradeway offers our students a powerful education so that they can take their investments in their own hands. We break down the confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We keep it simple, fun, and personal. Come join us at our next two-day event called Step 1, Start Your Journey. You'll learn to take small steps to reach your biggest goals. Coming to the AC Hotel, Minneapolis, downtown, June 23rd and 24th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Welcome back, AM1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. One final segment on the broadcast we'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Wrapping up uh, my discussion on the James, James Comey testimony. Former FBI Director James Comey testified before the Senate Intelligence Committee this past week. And one interesting aspect of this, first of all, Trump saying, I hope you can let the Flynn matter go and it wasn't let go and it was continued to be investigated and is still being investigated. Uh, you know, many legal folks saying it's not a it's not obstruction of justice. But Guy Benson at townhall.com noted something interesting from the Comey testimony about how former Attorney General Loretta Lynch attempted to interfere in the Clinton email affair by ordering Comey to refer to then ongoing proceedings as a, quote, matter, closed quote, not a, quote, 
investigation, close quote. Despite having testified previously that Mrs. Clinton violated the statutory language of the Espionage Act with her improper email scheme and running through her various lies about it, Comey again claimed there was no criminal case to be made against her last year. Comey's refusal to comment on certain questions about the current attorney general's conduct, contact with Russians during an open session, may suggest that he isn't out of the woods despite his recusal. So I'm just saying that if the threshold for obstruction of justice were Trump saying to Director Comey, yeah, you know, I hope I hope you can let this matter go with with uh, former NSA Director Flynn. He's a good guy. I hate to see him damaged by this. If that's obstruction, if that's a threshold for obstruction, then Loretta Lynch has definitely met it and exceeding it, particularly when she uh, met on the tarmac with uh, Bill Clinton. You know, Bill Clinton flew in his, into Phoenix and Loretta Lynch was in a plane on the tarmac, and he went and talked to her on her plane for about 20 to 25 minutes. And then miraculously, shortly thereafter, James Comey says, yeah, there's no, um, there, there, there's not going to be any charges brought in the Hillary email scandal. So if you want to go down Conspiracy Road, uh, we're, we're equal opportunity conspiracies here, I guess you could say. So, <laughs> But uh, to say Trump is completely vindicated, though, is is not— is overly optimistic. That's for sure. Because now special uh, there is a uh, special counsel, uh, Michael Flynn, or not Michael Flynn, uh, Robert Mueller. Okay, I'm getting all my names conflated here. I apologize for that. Uh, Robert Mueller is kind of the uh, special counsel that's going to be looking into the matter regarding uh, the Russia meddling into our, not so much Russia meddling into the election as much as... Uh, you know, Trump's involvement now, because Trump couldn't leave well enough alone. After he fired the FBI director, a few days later, this would have been May 12th, Trump came out with a tweet that said, James Comey better hope there are no tapes of our conversations before he starts leaking to the press. Well, that precipitated Comey to leak, to give his memo to a friend of his. I forget the gentleman's name. I think he works at Columbia Law School. And this gentleman leaked the, the memo to the New York Times, and it was a memo of... Comey writing down that the president asked him to drop the investigation into Michael Flynn. Okay. And so, of course, when that was leaked there, all of a sudden people are saying, oh my God, that's an obstruct, that should be obstruction of justice. Well, maybe, maybe not. But the point is, it got the ball rolling where the, um, within uh, a, a Deputy AG Rosenstein said, oh, yeah, we might want to get a, uh, um, uh, we might want to get a special counsel in there, enter former FBI Director Robert Mueller. Okay, and uh, Matthew, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Matthew Conan, uh, Continetti of the Washington Free Beacon laid out a pretty compelling scenario that Trump may still face in, uh, impeachment down the road. I'll read, this, um, I'll read his uh, comments here. And again, referring to the tweet where Trump said, James Comey better hope there are no tapes of our conversations before he starts leaking to the press. Uh, that tweet, Comey told the Senate, prompted the now private citizen to instruct a friend, Columbia Law Professor Daniel Richmond, to share with the New York Times the contents of the contemporaneous memos he had written describing his interactions with the president. The article, published a week to the day Comey was fired, revealed that the president had asked the FBI director to end the criminal investigation into former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. Why Comey? Why did Comey have Richmond call the Times? Because, he told the Senate, 
He hoped the disclosure of the memo would prompt the appointment of a special counsel to investigate Russia's involvement in the 2016 election and possible collusion with associates of the president's campaign. That is exactly what happened May 17th, the day after the Times piece, when Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein named as counsel former FBI Director Robert Mueller. And though Comey would not say if he believed President Trump obstructed justice by urging him to, quote, let go, close quote, the investigation into Flynn, he did say he was sure that Mueller would investigate whether obstruction of justice had occurred. Obstruction of justice, of course, being something that past Congresses have considered a high crime and misdemeanor worthy of presidential impeachment. In other words, by firing Comey and then tweeting recklessly about it, Trump elevated a long-running but manageable problem, the so-called Russia thing, into an independent investigation that seriously endangers his presidency. Now, I have no idea where this is headed. As Trump has seemingly you know, staved off one potential catastrophe after another. I mean, I can count a laundry list of things during the campaign that I thought were going to end his campaign, and yet it only enhanced his standings in the polls, which was inexplicable. And then I thought he was dead man walking prior to being elected president and that his candidacy would be an extinction-level event for the Republican Party. None of that ever happened. So for me to declare that, oh, this is, the, this is finally the smoking gun, I, I'm a little skeptical. But if indeed he is impeached, wouldn't it only be appropriate that the, that the proverbial ball got rolling due to something he tweeted? I mean, it, it would almost be too appropriate, given how reckless he is on, on Twitter. So... All I can say, it's going to be a long summer, but we're going to be here at the Northern Alliance Radio Network to talk about it every step of the way. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. As always, folks, glad to be joined by you on this Sunday. Uh, Stay safe if there are any more pending storms, that is for certain. Uh, Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay. Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks weekly radio shows. The world is constantly evolving. Is your financial plan built to withstand the changes? Please join us Tuesday, March 7th at 6 p.m. to attend a seminar entitled Make the Right Moves for Your Financial Future. Give us a call at 952-544-2837 or for more information, go to helpmeterry.com. Registered representative of and independent of Questar Capital Corporation. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Questar Asset Management. Dennis Prager here. And for two years now, I've been telling you about my wife, Sue, who tried Relief Factor because of her knee pain. And it worked. This is before I ever even heard about the product. I never endorsed the pain reliever, but now I am. And yes, now I'm taking Relief Factor 2. Made me call it a miracle. In fact, listen to what Amanda from Texas wrote. I was having pain in my left thumb area and left side of my leg from my knee about four inches up. After about a week of taking Relief Factor, the pain in my leg has gone away, and a few days later, the pain in my left hand is gone. We've gotten thousands of these testimonials, and if you're struggling with ongoing back or neck pain, shoulder, hip, or knee pain, or general muscle aches and pain, do what my wife Sue did. Try Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com. Or call them toll-free, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. What's on your travel horizon? For some, it's the city. 
others a tropical oasis or perhaps a cultural experience. At Travel Leaders Apple Valley, we recognize travel as a personal experience. It's our ambition to give you the personal attention, expertise, and exclusive advantages to help you embrace the joy of travel as much as we do. Travel is more than just a booking. Our experts are your personal guide to the world. From advising you of all the options, sharing insider tips, to understanding the complexities, we have a passion for travel. Most importantly, our travel experts give you the peace of mind of knowing that you can rely on us throughout your entire travel experience. Whatever is on your travel horizon, for great offers on air, hotels, cruises, and more, contact Travel Leaders Apple Valley at 952-432-6272. That's 952-432-6272. Or visit TravelLeaders.com slash AppleValleyMN. When you travel with Travel Leaders Apple Valley, you travel better. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. From the Nepsis Capital Management Studios, this is... We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. 